Welcome to Connections. I'm Stephen Peithman. In 1829, Hector Berlioz wrote a short work based on Goethe's Faust, published it at his own expense, and then had second thoughts. He quickly rounded up every copy he could find and destroyed them. Fifteen years later, he pulled out the abandoned manuscript and revamped it into a longer, more exciting work. But not before he had urged Franz Liszt to read Faust, prompting him to write his own setting of the famous tale of the man who sold his soul to the devil. In the next hour, how a single book inspired Berlioz, Liszt, Wagner, indeed an entire generation of composers. Now, Faust is rarely read nowadays, at least by Americans, but during the 19th century it spoke with almost frightening urgency to Europeans. The German poet Goethe based his best-selling work on the legend of a man who sold his immortal soul in order to learn all the secrets of this world, and who faced eternal damnation because he preferred human to divine knowledge. But in Goethe's version, God intervenes, saving Faust from hell as a reward for the scholar's lifelong search for the essence of life. This shift made the story come alive for the artists, authors, and composers of the early to middle 19th century, followers of what we now call the Romantic Movement. It was in 1827 that Goethe's Faust reached France in a translation by Gérard de Nerval, and a 24-year-old Hector Berlioz devoured it. It was, he wrote later, a turning point in his life. His musical response was eight scenes from Faust in 1829. Though music historian Ernest Newman calls it the most outstanding opus one the music world had known, Berlioz soon came to regard it as crude and badly written, and although he paid for the work to be published, he bought back all the copies he could find and burned them. Fortunately, his original manuscript escaped, and today we can hear eight scenes from Faust as an astonishingly bold first work, with each scene written in a different form, ballad, romance, chorus, and so on. Here's the Philharmonic Orchestra and Chorus of Radio France in the second scene with peasants dancing beneath the lime trees. Ne me touche 
donc pas ainsi paix, ma femme n'est point ici. Profitons de la circonstance de rendre, il l'emmène soudain. Et tout à l'essentiel, et tout à l'essentiel. La musique est la danse. The orchestration of eight scenes from Faust is eclectic. For scene one, Berlioz uses two harps. Scene three, harp and celesta. And in scene eight, Mephistopheles, the devil, sings to a guitar accompaniment. Au signal du plaisir dans la chambre du drille, tu peux bien notre fille, tu peux bien notre fille, mais non fille en sortir, mais non fille en sortir. Devant la maison de celui qui t'adore, de celui de celui qui t'adore. Petite Louison, que fais-tu de l'horreur Que fais-tu, que fais-tu, que fais-tu Et que dans les bras vers lui tu cours bien vite Vers lui, vers lui tu cours bien vite Bonne nuit, hélas, bonne nuit, ma petite Bonne nuit, bonne nuit, bonne nuit du moment fatal fait grande résistance si de notre d'avance si de notre d'avance un anneau conjugal un anneau conjugal il te tend les bras vers lui du cours bien vite vers lui du cours bien vite Tenor Jean-Paul Fouchécourt as Mephistopheles. Strangely, Faust himself does not appear in any of the eight scenes, and so while it's a charming work, it's not dramatically satisfying, which may be one of the reasons Berlioz decided to pull it from public circulation. Still, the influence of Goethe's book can be felt in Berlioz's first great orchestral work, Symphonie Fantastique, which debuted a year later in 1830. It was, as composer said, the story of an artist gifted with a lively imagination who has taken opium while in the depths of despair because of a hopeless love.
The finale of Symphony Fantastique, with Andrew Davis leading the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Franz Liszt, who met Berlioz at the time of the work's Paris premiere, was ecstatic about it. Berlioz, in turn, passed on his enthusiasm for Goethe's Faust by recommending it to the 19-year-old Liszt. Two years later, Liszt wrote a piano version of Symphonie Fantastique, the first such transcription of a romantic orchestral work. Here's a sample as Liszt takes on a theme that runs through the entire symphony and performed by pianist Leslie Howard. In 1845, 15 years after Berlioz had pulled eight scenes from Faust from circulation, he returned to the work with the idea of making something larger of it. Despite his admiration for Goethe, however, he reverted to the older ending, in which God does not intervene, a revision embodied in the new work's title, The Damnation of Faust. Each of the original eight scenes from Faust was woven into the new design of what Berlioz now called a dramatic legend. For example, the Concert of the Sylphs in Eight Scenes becomes the Ballet of the Sylphs in The Damnation of Faust, where it's accompanied by a new section in which Mephistopheles, accompanied by a chorus of gnomes and spirits, serenades Faust with a vision of love to come. The Orchestra of Paris and Paris Opera Chorus is directed by Georges Pret.
The Damnation of Faust had its first performance in Paris in December of 1846, conducted by Berlioz himself. Here are the concluding moments with Faust headed for hell and his lady love Marguerite welcomed into heaven as a redeemed soul.
The damnation of Faust was not a great success, and Berlioz found it increasingly difficult to achieve recognition for his music in his native France. However, in 1852, the financially strapped composer was invited to the German city of Weimar, where Liszt was musical director, to conduct a performance of The Damnation of Faust. It had now been 24 years since Berlioz had first urged Liszt to read Faust, and as we'll hear in a moment, it was Berlioz and Richard Wagner who would help bring Liszt's Faust symphony into being. I'm Stephen Pythman. You're listening to Connections from Capital Public Radio. Franz Liszt was a renowned performer throughout Europe, famous for his showmanship and great skill at the piano. He also became a prolific composer, originally because no one else was writing the kind of virtuoso pieces he liked to perform. His Faust Symphony, which premiered in 1857, was the first orchestral composition that he scored himself. After finishing a draft, he shared it with Berlioz, of course, but also with Richard Wagner, who had written a Faust Overture in 1840, intending it to be the first movement of a Faust symphony of his own. Here's a bit of the Wagner piece performed by the Philharmonic Orchestra of Radio France. Wagner had abandoned his Faust symphony, however, and Berlioz's The Damnation of Faust had not been a success, and so perhaps from their own negative experiences, the two composers suggested that Liszt add some new material, as well as more instruments. Based on those suggestions, Liszt wrote an entirely new conclusion to the symphony, a choral finale with tenor solo, and it was in this form that a Faust symphony made its debut. The first movement is called Faust, and the second movement is Gretchen, the German name of the woman romanced and nearly ruined by Faust. Both sections are masterful in their use of themes that represent the characters and their struggles. However, the third movement, Mephistopheles, is the high point of the symphony. 
Since Liszt saw Mephistopheles, the devil, as representing the spirit of negation, he did not create a separate theme for him. Instead, he combined and distorted the Faust themes from the first movement to represent Mephistopheles' influence in the scholar's evil doings. Here's the main Faust theme as heard in part one, performed by the Chicago Symphony under the direction of Sir George Schulte. However, even Mephistopheles is powerless against Gretchen's innocence and faith, and so in the third movement, her theme remains intact. Here's a bit of it as performed earlier in the work. At the conclusion, there is a celebration of what Liszt called the eternal feminine, represented by Gretchen, that draws us heavenward as a tenor soloist rises above the murmur of the chorus and sings of the power of salvation. The symphony ends in a glorious blaze of choir and orchestra with help from the solid chords of the organ. Thank you. 
The final movement of a Faust symphony by Franz Liszt, performed by the Chicago Symphony and Chorus under the direction of Sir George Schulte. Tenor soloist was Siegfried Jerusalem. Liszt was not quite done with Faust, however. In 1860, a year after the premiere of Gounod's wildly successful opera on the subject, Liszt wrote two episodes from Lanau's Faust, inspired by Austrian poet Nicholas Lanau's version of the age-old tale. Lightning did not strike twice, however, and the new work failed to catch on, and that was the last of Faust, as far as Liszt was concerned. Well, almost. There is one final connection. Because the opening theme of a Faust symphony is quoted at the end of Act Two of Die Valkyrie, a debt that Wagner cheerfully admitted to Liszt, who, after all, was by then his father-in-law. I'm Stephen Feithman, inviting you to join me again for Connections. Recording engineer was Mark Jones. Connections is a production of Capital Public Radio.